Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. It is Tuesday and it's the international break. And we had a few options during the international break. Um, we could cover the international players. All the Real Madrid players who are out on international break right now. We have been doing that mostly in written form over on the website. So if you want our analysis on that, go just go to managingmadrid.com. All the players are covered there. Um, but typically, Matt and I will like look at the the schedule and be like, okay, this is the international break. Here's what we can talk about. We can talk about the players on international duty. We can do a historical segment. We actually haven't done one of those in a while. Um, or we could talk about the Beckham doc. And one of my favorite things to do, and may, honestly, like if I could just do this for a living where I could just watch documentaries and talk about them, I'd probably sign up for it. I really enjoyed breaking down El Caso Figo, that doc with you. Uh, and I interviewed the uh, producer of that doc, the director of that doc um, for the podcast as well. And you also did an interview with um, the creators of the Amazon Realmja doc as well. So it's just really fun talking about documentaries. And this one is kind of special for us. And I would wager it's more special for Matt because it's about his idol, the guy who brought him into the Realmja universe, David Beckham. So... Matt is here. First of all, welcome to the show. What's up? Hey, Kian. Yeah, this one's this one's a special one. I think uh, it was fun to look back, especially like a lot of this is all during my childhood, and like just looking back and uh, uh, going through the Beckham memories. So, if David Beckham doesn't sign for Real Madrid, are you just not a Real Madrid fan? Like, um, no, I think, I think. The universe would have got me there somewhere. I think I've told this story before. Like I was born in Madrid, even though I'm not Spanish. Uh, but my dad was working there at the time, and family lived there for six years. Um, and so I think I would have been like I always the allure of the white shirt and just kind of the way Real Madrid was represented and everything. I think I would have been attracted to it, and I think I would have fell into it, anyways. Um, but as soon as Beckham moved there, it was just it was game over. Because the interesting thing was, like, I wasn't a Manchester United fan. 
uh, I never really felt that connection with Manchester United, even though Beckham was there. And I think it was just the timing of like, I became, I got to that age where I started to get more into football and then um, he moved there and it was Real Madrid. It just like all came together at the right time, but I think it would have happened anyways. Well, it's funny because if not you, I mean, so many fans around the world, because even think of uh, Sam Sharp, who works for Managing Madrid, his story is really interesting because Beckham went to Real Madrid. He became a, a Real Madrid fan because of Beckham and then became a Real Madrid Castilla fan. Um, like Beckham was his portal to Castilla somehow. His story is really interesting. But to think like all of the marketing that Florentino did during the Galactico era to bring this player and that player, they all had one thing in common, apart from being great footballers, is that they were also marketing icons. No one more so than David Beckham, who was a massive, massive personal brand. And a player who really, really, I think, grew on Madidistas, became one of the favorites. And it was just, a, it was just really interesting to follow his Madrid trajectory. So we're going to get into it. Just full disclosure. Matt has watched the entire doc. I've only seen episode one. So the plan is actually to, to do this podcast as a series. So it's not all going to be finished today. We're going to be kind of talking about episode one. Um, it's not that we'll omit, to the real, omit the real major parts today completely. But I think as we do more podcasts, and the plan is to do at least one more this week where we talk about subsequent episodes, which will be more Real Madrid focused. This one will also hit on Real Madrid at some point. But I thought it was really interesting to just kind of see, I guess, well, let's start here, actually. I think they just did a really good job marketing this. So what do you think? Because if you think back, like, did your wife watch this with you? Yeah, she did. Yeah. And they marketed it towards both audiences. Yeah. Football fans and also the the people who are maybe more interested in the maybe the romance of Beckham and, and Posh Spice and also if you grew up a, a Spice Girls fan, which I'll put my hand up by the way, unashamed, I was a big Spice Girls fan. I had a huge crush on Posh Spice, so was super jealous. Ultimately, uh, I grew out of it and moved on. But uh, Beckham also was like just had this like unbelievable life to me like as like a, a kid growing up and like man this guy has it all he plays for real madrid he's an icon he's good looking he's married to par spice uh it's very interesting because the doc also outlines the fact that this goes back to his manchester united days matt that he was really one of a kind in the sense that he was one of the first players to start making deals outside of football like the way Michael Jordan was making deals outside of basketball with different companies, whether it was McDonald's and um, you know the shoe deals, Beckham was doing that at a time that was re it was really rare to do that. It's more common now, but at that time it was kind of like breaking ground, right? Yeah, I mean nowadays every player has got brand sponsorships and different deals and kind of commercial, different commercial revenue coming in outside of football, but. Yeah, he was the first, and it was kind of uncharted territory, and obviously it kind of an older school manager in Alex Ferguson really struggled with it, really struggled to accept it, and they um, kind of got at each other's heads and, 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 and 
it just ultimately is what deteriorated their relationship. But he always had kind of visions for his life outside of football and could see kind of um, that there may be a bigger picture here. And I think I've seen years later where Alex Ferguson has said, like, well, look at his life. Like, I can't really say he made the wrong decisions. Um, and, like, you zoom out and, and you do look at, like, everything that happened over Beckham's career. It You can't say he made the wrong decisions, and now every player does this. So um, he was just kind of a trailblazer. I think what was interesting to me, Matt, is that there, there were quite a few things that I didn't know. Um, and I always love when documentaries bring, bring me information. And I think it was, a lot of the stuff was common knowledge. I just didn't know because I was too young to know these things. Like I knew about Beckham mostly after he joined Real Madrid. And the non-Real Madrid side, like before he joined, I mean, I started watching football in 1998, saw the red card against Argentina it was pretty clear to me. That was one of my flashbulb memories of that tournament. Uh, and I just remember kind of like he was one of the best players in the world. He had, he had an unbelievable cross on him. He was one of the best players in the world. And I just knew that when Real Madrid had signed him, there was a falling out with him and Sir Alex Ferguson at that point. What I didn't really know is that some of the, I guess, problems with Sir Alex kind of festered all the way to the beginning. I didn't really fully understand that, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson was annoyed with his off-field distractions and all that stuff at that young of an age. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that it was just really nice to have Sir Alex Ferguson in the documentary because he's one of those figures that you kind of miss in football. Like, it's just nice to have those figures around in the sphere of football dialogue. If he's not going to be a coach, it would be really nice to like maybe have him around on TV. It's good to get his insights. He's a class act. I mean, he's had so many good things to say about Real Madrid in the past, apart from that virus comment he made one time. But generally speaking, he's been so high, like even discussing our great players like Di Stefano and Puskas, and has always had good stuff to say about us, generally speaking. And obviously one of the greatest coaches that has ever lived. And he kind of like comes off, Matt, as like more of like the old-fashioned, traditional guy, like football only, focus, get rid of your distractions, it's no good. We need you to be 100% focused on the game. Yeah, and I think, I think that's, to your point, that's ultimately like it festered over time. It's ultimately like, Beckham's celebrity just continued to grow and grow. He it was so apparent that he disliked Victoria and and everything she brought to the table and just in terms of giving him even more more notoriety and more celebrity. And I think I didn't I mean I I was a kid who was literally obsessed with Beckham and I read his autobiography. I read Sir Alex's autobiography and so like I came into this documentary thinking I wouldn't learn much, but like you, I picked up a lot of new information and things like, I didn't realize he was like Beckham would take like four hour drives to see Victoria, even just for 20 minutes and like, yeah. then go to like have a game the next day or whatever. Like, of course he seemed super distracted and, um, 
what I did know was that he was, they both, Alex Ferguson and Beckham, were kind of like stubborn personalities. Like, um, and maybe you don't see that in Beckham in his interviews and stuff like that, but like he's, he, he can be stubborn and he, he believes like in a certain, I mean, he's always one of the hardest workers. And I think that I came across in the documentary, but he's also a guy that like feels like, hey, if I'm right, I'm right. And so that's why they would get into conflict. Um, quite often and it and it was like a father-son um relationship and ultimately um like i think somebody in the documentary says that father-son relationships like children oftentimes rebel and like that kind of happened with beckham as as he got older and i think um yeah i think the dynamic the ferguson beckham dynamic was really interesting to see watch and evolve and um, over the span of his career and then ultimately like it is what led him to like if you Beckham has said it time and time again like he never wanted to leave Manchester United he was like Manchester United to him is what Real Madrid is to us and so like if we were ever forced to leave Real Madrid we wouldn't we wouldn't ever want to like it, it's our dream it's everything to us his dad was obsessed with Manchester United like it it just he never wanted that situation to arise, but of course it did. And there was only one club that he would want to go to if, if he were to leave. And I think that's a true testament to Real Madrid. I, the, the other thing I didn't know was the relationship with Glenn Hoddle. And I, when, when I was looking at all of the, again, this is not new information to most people who lived through it or, or kind of knew the history about it. Again, I just didn't. I, I was learning about it through the documentary. Uh, just the fact that Glenn Hoddle was someone he idolized, everything from stylistically to the way he struck the ball, and then for him to be the English national team manager, and then from there, benching him, and then from there, vilifying him, and then from there, basically blaming it on him for England's elimination. That part was kind of shocking to me. Uh, and I can't imagine what that must have felt like to be seen as the villain as your country goes crashing out because in most of these cases it's one thing to be like blamed on by the press or by fans who are really emotional and are just really mad at you for what you did but it's another thing for a manager to come out and publicly throw you under the bus like that that was shocking to me uh, I mean I have no idea what the relationship is now but I imagine it's not good because you know when his mother's talking about you know he's on my hit list or whatever and uh i i don't know if glenn hoddle has ever spoke about it publicly since then uh i'd have to look it up but that was surprising to me did you know about that part of it i did just because like i said i read his autobiography but i think that i think the thing that's different now is now that time has passed and obviously like us watching the documentary all these years later um and even like from when i read that his autobiography is when i was like a teenager it's you've had all these lived experiences i've been i'm i'm now a parent myself and so like i kind of view it through like what his mom said and what his dad said about like i kind of put that perception in there and then um even like knowing hey if put myself in those shoes at i think he was what 21 22 23 around that age like you're still such a such a kid and to have all that pressure put on you um like i think you just see it through a new lens 
totally. Uh, and I, I can't believe he was like still that young there. Uh, like he still has like a whole career left ahead of him after that World Cup '98, and after everything that went down. I it was just a dramatic tournament for England in general. I have so many memories from that World Cup, but they're all flashbulb memories. Whether it was like Raúl's goal against Nigeria, Spain's elimination, Davor Sucre, um, a lot of Z and obviously the Zidane two goals in the final, and I've watched that final several times just because I love Zidane's performance in that. But that one and the Owen goal from that game has always stayed in my mind. And uh, it was kind of cool to see Diego Simeone, too, <laughs> brought in, kind of laughing about it. And as a manager, he's different now. But, man, as a player, that guy was an expert at getting under your skin. And uh, I think he just kind of got into Beckham's head there. But <clears throat> it's funny, Matt, my friend sent me because he watched the documentary and he's he's more of a casual football fan he's not really a, a hardcore football fan but he sent me he went on a deep dive on like Beckham highlights after the documentary and he sent me a YouTube video of all of Beckham's Real Madrid goals and he told me I didn't realize Beckham was a good Real Madrid player I thought he flopped and I, I'm skipping ahead here. I don't know what's said about this in the documentary and what's not said. Uh, I mean, another one, big one is that I'm sure it comes up at some point is that he actually almost joined Barca. And that's a huge what if in Real Madrid history and Barcelona history because if he goes there, they don't get Ronaldinho and we might get Ronaldinho instead. But he said, like, I didn't realize Beckham was a good Real Madrid player. Like, these goals are insane. I thought he flopped. And I thought, I think, like, that kind of is maybe a a misconception of sorts because like he had a really good Real Madrid career and if you think about it everything was stacked against him like he was almost destined to fail because I, I brought this up in uh, the Twitter audio spaces I did yesterday like we had a period where Beckham and Guti were playing a double pivot and asked to support this insane top heavy team and they were asked to balance it defensively, which made no sense. He has Luis Figo in his ideal position. He has Zidane still, uh, and he has Raul and Ronaldo who have to be on the field. It really wasn't until Figo and Zidane left that he actually got to play in his preferred position. And then all of a sudden, the team just became more balanced. But I have absolutely zero problem with Beckham. Beckham's Real Madrid career. I thought he worked tremendously hard. I think he was... A success all things considered um but i do wonder like how many people actually feel that way like oh beckham was like a failed signing because it's he's attributed to the to the galacticos and then the fall of an era and the sa the sale of makalili i feel like he's like unfairly attributed to these misconceptions yeah i think i i think you're right and i think for those who didn't actually watch him at real madrid that is the perception in those kind of more casual fans and um and i think it's unfair i think it really is unfair and i think the documentary it's interesting i'm i'm, I'm excited to get your take after you watch kind of the next few episodes and dive into the real Madrid portion um because i think they go down that path initially and then they kind of show like um just again it's his continued ability to bounce back from things like and he he says i never give up and even when Capello basically ostracized him, he never gave up. And he could have been super unprofessional. He could have just 
said, screw it, I'm going to L.A. in six months. But he was always still the first one to training. He worked super hard. He worked his way back into the team. Once he got back into the team, that's when they were able to make that staying comeback. And so that's that's kind of what I think is like the takeaway from Beckham in this documentary is like part of it is just his his mentality and um yeah and I think they do I think they do do a nice job of kind of rewriting the narrative around his his Real Madrid story and they touch on all the things you mentioned like the move potential move to Barcelona which he never wanted um the the Figo basically being the best right midfielder in the world and then Real Madrid sign him um sign Beckham and um, how he had to play out of position, how he had to have different roles, how he adapted to Spain. Um, there's, there's just a lot. Um, in the beginning of the doc, throughout the doc, really, they're showing sporadic highlights of the way he strikes the ball, his free kicks, direct free kicks, his crosses, his corners. And it kind of dawned on me, like, it made me feel nostalgic because the way he struck the ball was so unique. And I don't think we've ever seen anyone emulate it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like I think the closest, honestly, is Xabi Alonso, and it's a little bit different. Uh, I think Cruz, again, a little bit different. But, like, I don't know how to – like, there's no role like Beckham's today. Like, he wouldn't – he was a right midfielder, but he didn't play, like, your direct – like not like a Lucas Vasquez or like you're up in it was very he always kind of almost dropped into like a right back position dropped into like a uh uh the the position Cruz takes up on the left but instead on the right and would just quarterback like serve unbelievable crosses and balls and like I always think of that one to Zidane from like 80 yards across the field Mm-hmm. Uh, diagonal pass to Zidane. He takes one touch and then volleys it with the other. Um, and I also get like flashball memories of basically Beckham and Roberto Carlos just constantly cross, like switching the field of play to each other with perfect pinpoint passes or doing ridiculous set piece routines where Beckham would serve the corner to Roberto Carlos at the top of the box. He would volley it out of the air, uh, like just ridiculous stuff like that. Yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, there's all, Like you brought up Cruz and uh, Chabby Alonso, but I, 
I don't mean just the way the ball like left his foot. I also just mean the way he approached it. Like his arms were kind of swinging, and he has this really crazy wind up. Like he really exaggerates the wind up. I don't. I like. I don't think I've ever seen anyone strike the ball like him. And I, like to your point, I don't think. Not only was he unique, I don't know if we'll ever see anyone like him again. I, I'm not saying in terms of how great he was, but just stylistically, he was extremely unique. And that's the thing with like all these footballers from like the 90s or 2000s. A lot of them, like their uniqueness um, really stands out. That like stylistically, some of these players were just kind of different growing up. And I don't know if that's no nostalgia talking, if that's actually accurate or not, but the way he struck the ball... The way he crossed it, the way he shot it was very unique to me. I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone like him strike the ball like that. And, you know, there was a time, and I felt this way about Cristiano Ronaldo uh, early on when he signed, but free kicks felt like penalties. Like, if he if he was on the field, I never felt this way about Roberto Carlos. I never felt this way about Figo or Zidane. But... When Beckham was on the field, it really felt like, okay, we have a shot to score here directly. I don't care if it's 40 yards or 10 yards. Like, he can put this in the back of the net. He was that good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I mean, I think he also had those clutch moments in him. And like, even yeah. his first game back after... Being being scapegoated by Capella, his first game back away at Real Sociedad, big game, he scores. He scores from a free kick, like, and he just has those big moments in him. Obviously, the the free kick against Greece in the ninety fourth minute to secure World Cup qualification for England, um, like so many of those. And and I think the documentary does a nice job of like, I think especially because like you talked about, uh, like my wife watched this and she's not a big soccer person and she was able to understand like the magnitude of those goals and the importance of the goals and the moments and and even in the Real Madrid portion um, one thing she came away with was like wow you can you can really from this documentary like you can understand that Real Madrid is a whole nother world a whole nother level compared to manchester united and i was like yeah i mean that's that's the reality like and um and like even as a non-soccer person like she picked up on that so i think that's and you talked about like the brand exposure of beckham and everything but like this documentary even was huge brand exposure for real madrid like especially the audience that it's going to reach uh like i'm sure like in terms of the value they had very little that they had to probably provide and it's it's gonna i think it's gonna be nothing but positive marketing for, for real madrid for the most part i think uh you'll see that there's some things where like spain maybe more in general doesn't get some positive publicity but yeah i mean i think <clears throat> it's interesting because you brought up that sir alex ferguson later said like i can't fault him look at his life now he has a Beckham himself has a really interesting quote in the doc where he says, I wanted to have a career after football. And I think it's just really smart of him to play his cards the way he played them. Like you're dealt with this marketable. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he's dealt a genetic lottery for, first of all, but second of all, like he just really smart, like to know that 
that again, it's it's partly it's, I find it really smart because now it's more common. Now everyone has a personal brand. Everyone, every podcaster, every footballer, everyone has a personal brand. Back then, again, it was more rare to have that kind of icon and that kind of guy who has the vision to know, like, okay, it's not just about football. Like, I am going to be spending the majority of my life not playing this sport for a living. Like, what's the long game? What's the end game? I could make all these deals. I could create this personal brand. Later, obviously, you see the business side of it where he goes and he uh, uh, forms Inter-Miami. Like, he's clearly a smart businessman. Uh, I respect that about him. Uh, I guess that, I mean, that was, I don't know if you had any other thoughts on the business side of things, but I think the other, yeah, I think the other thing to your point right there to take it even further is not only that, but he had, he didn't back down against Alex Ferguson, who was telling him to stop all that to like, to like your, basically your father figure, your coach of your, the dream professional team who's telling you, Hey, cut this crap out, or like things are gonna go s- south for you here. He still was headstrong and said, "No, like I firmly believe that this is the right thing for me in my career, and for after my career." And I think that's again, like it goes to show you, like when he's kind of stubborn in that, like, but if he believes something's right, he's gonna follow through with it. And I think, just, I think the person, like the Beckham brand, was. And the Real Madrid brand coming together is literally a match made in heaven. And I think the two just elevated each other even further. Um, and I think, like, honestly, it, it, you could almost say, like, the Beckham brand was all building up to that, to, like, the Real Madrid moment, to, like, be, to enter that kind of universe. And then it, it, it really catapulted from there. Uh, one last thing. Again, this is just based on the first episode, um, and there's more to come. But, and I don't know what his appearances are like in subsequent episodes and how far they go. But I, I've enjoyed Rio Ferdinand's uh, appearances in the doc. Like, there's that one scene where he's talking about how ugly the suits were in the World Cup, and he looks over at, and I, it's like just falling oh, yeah, off of everybody. Yeah. It's really baggy, and he's looking over at Beckham, and he's like. Who the fuck is fitting his suits? Like, why does it look so much <laughs> yeah. better on him? Uh, it's it's he's a good presence in the dock. The guests have been good, very good. Like Gary Neville's good. Yeah. Uh, Gary Neville, man, he's always had Beckham's back. Like, yeah, that's a best friend. Like he supported him through everything. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna spoil too much for you, but Florentino <laughs> Perez is in the dock. Love it. You know that's a good dock when he appears. Yeah, I love yeah. like the fact that he just entered the Figo oh, doc. You know who else is in the doc is uh, the author I interviewed for Managing Madrid of White Angels, John Carlin. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I was kind of, uh, I uh, I saw him. I was kind of surprised to see him there, to be honest. But yeah, I saw that was cool too. Uh, he was in the first episode. Uh, he's much more prevalent in the in the Real Madrid portion too. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, this has been a really fun doc. I've enjoyed it so far. I I know I yeah I don't make time much to watch anything on Netflix or anything like that. Um, but with documentaries like this, uh, I enjoy them. So I'm looking forward to the future episodes. Did you have any other thoughts? Um, um, I have a lot of thoughts, um, but I'll save it for part two because I okay. want to. 
I think you. I think there's a lot to discuss once it gets to once you see the Real Madrid portion. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, look forward to it. Uh, I wanted to do something before we log off here. So today is Tuesday, uh, and we've been super active on Patreon. We're doing another live call tomorrow, which is Wednesday on Zoom. If you want link to that, become a patron or a YouTube member. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/ManagingMadrid or go to the memberships tab on my YouTube channel. And you can get the link. You can also join the call. You can also access everything else we do, like the mailbag every week, plus Champions League post-game shows and more. And also wanted to give a quick shout-out to our $10 plus patrons because if you pledge $10 or more, not only do you get access to everything and you get guaranteed responses to your questions, but you also get a specific shout-out on the podcast. So shout-out to these $10 per month patrons as follows. Brandon Alvarez. Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Wamik Jamal, Walker Coven, Tobias Royal Botcher, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujaiwani, Sumanchu Singh, Sheikh Hatiri, Sergio Arispe, Santos, Solorzano, Samuli Justin, Samar Z, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Diafari, Oscar Barrero, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Nelson Mazariego, Naveen Babu, Ramesh Babu, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lex, Logan Stahl, Leon Savernakis, Konal Tilakar, Kevin Rivera, Jose Osorio, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jason Fitz, Jacob P., Ian Marley, Howard Moore, Graham Gerard, Gary Kohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Deadpool Lover, Daniel Williams, Connor McMorrow, Christian Toft, Christian Acosta, Carlos Fuentes, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Arnab Mukherjee, Armand Gashi, Armando L., Anthony Tharp, Andres Silvestre, Ananya Kumar, Alex Thyberg, Azaz Hussein, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun, Ramtin Mahrur, Primo, Fabian Moreno and Daniel Smith. Absolute legends. Thank you so much. Matt, thanks, buddy. It was good chatting. Yep. And we'll see you around. Thanks, guys. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.